0: Tea Podcast, this is Lillian, and with me, as always, is Willow. Hello. Hi, Hi. This is a Patreon episode.
1: Hello, Patreons.
0: Do we call them patrons or Patreons? I think... It's patrons. Oh, we're just being... We just say it's stupid every time. I say, yeah. Patreon! Like Patrion. an idiot, and you say Patreon. How are you doing today? Oh, me. Good. Yeah, you. am <laughs> just <laughs> I just fucking got tired of hearing myself yeah. just then, so... Yeah, you're doing good. It's Valentine's yeah, it's, Day. It's Valentine's Day. I like Valentine's Day. I've never really celebrated Valentine's Day ever. Really? Yeah, ever. I mean, it's a plague and I'm not going to go out. Yeah.
1: I don't really celebrate much of anything. Like, even whenever it's like, ooh, it's holiday season. Like, it's always like, I'm just going to do what I
0: can. I don't know. I'm just weird about celebrating things. I celebrate Thanksgiving up friends giving and not on the actual day because gross because right. mm-hmm. like food but nothing else too much I just feel like it's a lot yeah
1: I'm better at like celebrating in the moment and like oh it's a hot day outside let's go fucking get some ice cream and like yeah celebrate a sunset you know like it's always in the moment I can give gifts if somebody like says oh man I really want this thing and I'm like oh fuck yeah I'll get it for you and then I get it for you on a random Tuesday um, but like with the pressure of holidays,
0: it's, it's a and lot, birthdays, yeah. it's just—it's a lot. I don't like it. No, no. Although, hold on. <laughs> yeah. And since I'm going to be editing this podcast, since producer Will is 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 celebrating, is celebrating yes. Valentine's Day with Emma, yes. their girlfriend, yes. who is cute, we like. Mike. We like. We like. Approve. Stamp yes. approval. Yes. Good. Then uh, that sneeze stays in yeah. I'm not That's cutting fine. any of the diet. Lillian has yeah. learned how to edit Kinda
1: So she is going to be Lillian podcast producer,
0: producer.
1: Ki- Kinda,
0: let's put yeah. that one in there <laughs> okay. Will it sound as good as when Will does it? I don't think so We'll see But we'll see no. I need the practice, so no. I'm excited Anyway, what are you covering for us today,
1: Willer? Um. Well, it's Valentine's Day, and so I wanted to cover a notorious couple um, that, you know, wasn't, like, they didn't technically, like, kill together, so, you know, they weren't for the actual podcast yeah um, theme, but they are, like, just a notorious couple, and it's Sid and Nancy. Sid and Nancy. Sid and Nancy. And honestly, I, I guess it's just because I'm young that I didn't really know too much about said nancy other than like who like what they looked like that it was you know had to do with the sex pistols um i didn't really know too much about them um but they're like kind of they were like like the kurt and
0: courtney of the time
1: i think honestly after doing the research on this i think courtney was kind of like getting getting a lot of inspiration off of uh nancy spun absolutely 100%.
0: One hundred percent, absolutely.
1: It's yeah. It's it's very obvious that she like gravitated to her because she was like a style icon at her time. She absolutely I mean? was,
0: and in addition, uh, back in the you know early nineties, it wasn't as long ago. Yes, as it is yes, today. Absolutely it was so fresh
1: and iconic. Yep, especially for the underground scene, and so a lot of these things they were the they were the like the forefathers of like underground, like, punk, and then, like, you know, metal and all Which of
0: that Which is stuff funny, because the Sex Pistols suck. They really do. They're it's not so, good. It's so precious. I, like, went back to listen, because
1: I really liked punk whenever I was a teenager, because, you know, angst. But um I'm an adult now, and so looking back on the music that I used to listen to, I used to really love British punk. I was just really into it for a time. Like the Dead Kennedys for a while. I, well, I went back and listened, and it just sounds like they're all, like, stopped up it's just, it's so cute. I don't know. They're just a bunch of teenage kids. They're just kids. It's <laughs> just like kids. a bunch of
0: Wills running yeah. around being yeah. Will. Yeah. yeah. It's cute yeah. to me. It really is. It's super
1: cute. But I do remember, you know, being young and uh, just idolizing this type of mentality and behavior and way of life. I just it looks so freeing and exciting and like it really romanticizes drug use uh uh-huh. and, and like inflicting wounds on yourself and and you know being
0: disgusting being just absolutely revolting just really See, that's really why gross. i couldn't get into punk other than like i liked the dead kennedys yeah is that i've yeah. always been sort of a fussy person that's why goth appealed yes because it's yeah. much cleaner but I was friends with a lot of gutter punks. Like they were my buds. I was
1: I was definitely a gutter punk for a while. Wow, it was, it was rough. I was homeless, so like what else are you yeah, doing? Um But no, I didn't realize that Sid and Nancy, um, other than being from that song that you hate, um, <laughs> indeed. <laughs> um, what? Wait, what song do I hate? Butterfly, <laughs> and you like Sid and Nancy? So oh. sexy, I'm Oh, Talk about butterflies in my head.
0: I don't know that song.
1: Yes, it's Butterfly by... Uh, right. Oh, no. Yeah. No. Oh, I'm stupid right now. Oh, I hate Yeah, you that hate that song. song.
0: I hate it so much.
1: Butterfly, sugar, baby. Yeah,
0: it makes me want to... Okay, here's why I hate it. I'm going to tell you why I hate it, and then we can get on with it. Okay. Because it starts like it's going to be a cool song, and I'm like, oh, yeah, what is this? And then I'm like, no! And it's oh, oh what oh, it's
1: awful. That's how I feel about some
0: Taylor Swift songs.
1: I'm like oh, this song is catchy, and then she starts singing. I'm
0: like, Ugh. yeah, I don't like um. it either. It's real bad. <laughs> yeah, it starts like it's gonna be some cool like new metal from the '90s, and it's just fucking not. It's just from the early 2000s, rather. Yeah, just sad. All
1: right, hit. Let's let's okay, go. So the Sid and Nancy story is actually like our era's version of um, Romeo and Juliet. Like, I had no idea that it was really just a modern-day Romeo and Juliet, and it's just beautiful to me. Um, And I'll go into the conspiracies and theories and all of that of, like, actually what happened. So I'm not going to really, like, harp on, like, their upbringing and what they did in their life.
0: Um, No, because wanna I want to really
1: focus on... That, because the mystery behind it, because it's mystery, there is no, like, I mean, the case is technically closed, but they never found evidence on him. No. So, we really don't know exactly who killed Nancy, but there's tons of conspiracies about it. And also, like, the hotel that she died in is, like, super haunted, so I want to talk a little bit about that. Sweet. um, Because, you know, we love haunted hotels, so. We sure do. Yeah. So I'm just getting started with Sid Vicious, Um, was obviously not born Sid Vicious, even though it's a really cool name. Um, He was born, actually, Simon John Ritchie on the 10th of May in 1957 in London, and he was also known around town as John Beverly, um, because his mother's last name is Beverly. Her name is Anne Beverly, which... That's two
0: first names. I know. And and
1: (laughs) it was so confusing because in a lot of the interviews, especially with his bandmates and flatmates and people that knew him really well, they called the mother Beverly.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: And so it's just kind of confusing. I mean, you got
0: two first names. Just pick one. Yeah, exactly.
1: Um, But so Sid and his mother were kind of seen a lot together Towards the end, but, like, growing up, she really didn't have much time for him because she was, um, severely addicted to drugs. Yeah. And, um, there was even, like, a time where she used him as, like, a drug mule. She would, like, sneak drugs in his diaper, um, when he was, like, a toddler and a baby. Oh, that sucks. Um, yeah, and, and... There's quite the contrast from his upbringing to Nancy's, which we'll get into, but he lived in a very, like, run-down flat above, like, a shop in downtown London, where it was, like, just really gross, and, um, he never really had much, and, I don't know, he just had, like, kind of like a street rat kind of lifestyle, um, but from a very early age, he was just always around, like, heavy, heavy drug use. Yeah. His mother was, um, mostly into uppers, but, you know, kind of played around with heroin later on as well. Um, but, like, when he was 16, he ended up getting kicked out of his mother's house because she needed to focus on herself. Oh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Okay. <laughs> um, but that's around the time that, you know, he started getting into the punk scene and, um... You know, just really started to meet a lot of the musicians and just people in that culture. And um, uh, people will, like, there's a, there's a strange dichotomy with Sid because most people will say that he's, like, this really lovable kind of teddy bear type that, um, you know, is really kind and courteous and, like, I don't know, loving and empathetic. Um, But then there's these others that have known him to be just, like, absolutely lunatic, outrageous. Um,
0: I think, though... Purposely
1: starting fights.
0: Yeah, I think that's pretty par for the course for addiction issues, Mm -hmm. is violent mood swings. Mm -hmm. We go from, like, teddy bear... Because I was friends with people who were addicted to heroin and other drugs, and it was like that. Right.
1: And it seems as though, like, the softness in them is, like, that inner child that never really got to be a child, you know? and for sure. And then the the rage in them is kind of, like, the defiance against, like, everything that didn't allow them to have that safety, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I
0: do. I agree with that. It
1: it definitely feels like a very, like, angry child temper tantrum type thing. Yes. Um, But one of his flatmates later on talked about this in an interview, and... um, it was really sad because, like, whenever he was telling the story, he was kind of, like, looking off, like, as if he was, like, staring off in the distance. Like, he was so traumatized by this that he could barely even say the words, and it was really getting to him, like, like years and years later, just talking about it. But he said that one day in their flat when they were living together, Sid just, like, picked up a cat and, like made a noose and just hung it like held it in the air in front of this guy and he was so scared like just scared stiff you know just like what the fuck am I supposed to do and he talked about the entire process in vivid detail like because he was obviously very traumatized by it um and later on Sid Vicious even like wrote a song called I Killed a Cat and you know it's like is he really proud that he did that? Was he doing that just for attention? Like, what was that well, about? Well, we always you know? look like, at,
0: like, younger people, like teens mm-hmm. and, like, young adults, when they hurt animals, there's definitely possibly some psychopathy going on
1: there. Right. And, I mean, he died at, like, 21, I think. gets that's, um, that's a kid. So he was a, he was a kid when this happened, you know? Like, it's just really confusing. It's His, his whole psychology is very interesting but I don't know there I'll get into it but there was a lot of times where he was just like self mutilating on stage and it was mm-hmm. just really intense um really like liked starting fights with people he actually thought that like starting a fight with a person was like how you end up becoming best friends with them which honestly I understand that like home mosh pit mentality um yeah for sure you know, I had I had a friend that was like really in that scene and like she was known to just like headbutt people like hello uh-huh. and you know so many people had like scars on their forehead just i had a friend named high. will
0: not mm-hmm. producer will when i i worked at the only goth club in tulsa yeah all the punks would come out too and mm-hmm. i was pulling in to come to work and will threw himself in front of my car and like broke the windshield and like dented it and, and it's like
1: just like over hello
0: yeah he was yeah. just really happy to see me yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He wasn't yeah. hurt too bad. I mean, he was yeah. bleeding everywhere, but he yeah. wasn't, like, broken or anything. He just surface damage. Pissed me off so much. Yeah. I was like, you just fucked my car, dude. And he yeah. was like, oh, I love you. But I really
1: fucking don't care about anything. And I, it really is freeing to watch. Like, I wish that I could I get the draw. I get the draw,
0: but it... I think, for me, it was just the... And I dated a couple punks. Mm-hmm. Never, never again for any <laughs> reason. No offense, punks. And I just... I really liked their philosophy and I liked how non-judgmental they were. Yes. But yes. the self-destructive bullcrap was and dirtiness was mm-hmm. too much for me. Mm-hmm. It was mm-hmm. too much for me. Yeah. And the drug use that also. Yeah. Yeah, no thanks. Yeah,
1: it's a lot. It's, it's a lot. It's a bit it's, much. It's a, it's
0: a whole lot.
1: Um but you know, there's there's things about it that seem romantic in a way, you know. Sure, especially, we,
0: especially when we have the like we can look back you yes, know what i'm saying what and I mean, like yes, oh yeah absolutely. i remember
1: I'm those days my house you know and like in my blankets and i'm yes. absolutely sober and a little bit of medicated and you know like i drink mm-hmm. water that's what i do and not other
0: people's pee yeah yeah yeah
1: yeah so it's it's nice and it's kind of romantic to look back at like
0: and we the get some nostalgia days. for it too, mm-hmm. because it was nothing like that time period leading into like the mid '90s to me. Mm-hmm. But that's just because that's when I was young, you yeah. know. Yeah, now we're old.
1: But yeah, it. He kind of, he kind of made it a romantic thing, because I don't know, he was kind of cute, and a lot of girls really liked him, and he kind of gave like the boyish charm to, like jumping around and slamming into each other. This like, he he apparently, like, coined the pogo thing where you just, like, jump around and, like, instigate fights with each other. Um, that was kind of yeah. his thing. And um, he, was, he was noted as, or his friends were noted as saying that, like, he was, um, there was no red lights with him. They were all green, you know? Like, there's no stopping him. Everything was green. Green, go, go, go. Like, there was no yeah. stopping. At one point, he even was, like, One guy went into a bathroom with him at, like, the seedy-ass bar, and he said that, like, it was just caked from floor to ceiling and vomit. It was just so disgusting. Oh, I'm sorry. I forget that you're a little... (laughs) (laughs) This is gonna get you. Oh, no. But, no, he, like, legitimately, like, the dude walked in, and he was, like, this fucking shithole. Like, what are we gonna do in here? And Sid just, like, took some just, like, raw heroin, like, without even, like, melting it down put it inside of the syringe and then took the syringe and then took water from the toilet bowl and then ended up shooting that up.
0: Yeah, that's why he's dead. No, that didn't kill (laughs) him. But career after that. I know, but I'm I'm like, like, what the fuck? But I am saying like that kind of like kind of yeah attitude is that's why he's dead.
1: Yeah, it's nuts. Um so yeah, he ended up obviously getting into the sex pistols. Um and I didn't realize that the Sex Pistols were only, like, a band for, like, three years. Yeah. 1975 to 1978.
0: And here's a little sadness where Johnny Rotten of the yeah. Sex Pistols is now a giant piece of shit.
1: Is he alive?
0: Yeah. Oh. He's, like, real right-wing and... Oh. Uh-huh. God damn it. Right? How disappointing. God. See, at least when you die when you're young, you're not, like, disappointing everyone later. Yeah. There you go. There you That's go. some of the romance too. I early think.
1: Why you still look good? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'll disappoint you today. <laughs> um, but yeah, so whenever he met the Sex Pistols, um, I was just about to say Johnny Rotten. Um, he met him in 1977, and around this time is when who was John or Simon um, ended up becoming Sid Vicious. Uh, it was actually through John Linden, aka Johnny Rotten. Um, It was his pet hamster. And his pet hamster was named Sid off of Pink Floyd's Sid Barrett. But um, Sid Vicious actually hated that name. And so he would, like, make fun of him all the time and taunt him about it. And one day the hamster bit him, and he named it Vicious. He was like, oh, well, your Sid is Vicious. And then they ended up Uh... writing a song about it, and then later on ended up coining him Sid Vicious since he hated the hamster. It was kind of like a, I don't know, like a like a inside joke kind of thing, just to kind of get at him. Um, but he ended up meeting Johnny Rotten um, in college, actually. And this is something that I found interesting um, that nobody really talked about. It was that the reason why he met all of these people was because his name originally was John, and he ended up meeting all of these Johns in college, and these Johns were um, John uh, Lyndon, which is Johnny Rotten, John Gray, John Wardle, which is, uh, they ended up nicknaming him Jawabble, <laughs> which is just kind of how you say his name when you're all fucked up, yeah. um, but together, they ended up kind of forming what would be the sex pistols, you know, interchanging some parts and all of that. It's just but wild
0: to me that they're in this like really wild punk band and then Johnny Rotten goes on to later vote for Trump. Ew. Right? Doesn't That's it just so- fuck you up? It just it's- fucks me up really for real. It's like where did you go wrong? Where where did where did you lose your spot? Maybe, you know, I wonder if Sid's death impacted him in a way that kind of made him like go far away from the ideals he had in his youth. Maybe. I just I am just guessing. I, have I don't no know. Clue. Um
1: but yeah, so eventually um one of like their bases got into a big tough with everybody and ended up quitting. And so um Sid Vicious just happened to be there because those were his friends, like he hung out with them all the time. He was like their number one fan anyway, and he just happened to be at the shows anyway. And everyone liked him. Like the whole crowd liked him. The whole crowd went to go see Sid Vicious before he was even in the Sex Pistols. Yeah. You know, they went to go like see what the fuck he was up to. Because like before he was in even in the band, he would like take light bulbs and like cut himself and like bleed all over himself and shit just for fun. Um, Which is just When you're marketing <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I ain't bleeding for the podcast
1: like, No, oh, I no, no But I, I get if it. we were that kind of podcast I wouldn't fucking care yeah, I'd, um, would
0: Poop on the floor or something I don't
1: know <laughs> I mean, I don't mind blood play I used to cut and stuff So I don't care I'm not squeamish Um, well, You have at it I'm yeah. out but, yeah, so um he actually started the band in nineteen seventy seven, like within months of meeting everybody. It was just kind of like they fell into each other and they just exploded, you know, yeah, um, And it was, of course, on or with the band that he ended up meeting Nancy Spongeon. So, Nancy Spungen was born February twenty seventh, 1957, and she was actually born to, like, an upscale family. Like, yeah. Like, she was in a Jewish family. They um, <clears throat> lived in Philadelphia, and her mother said that from the second she was born, she screamed 24-7. And it was more than colic. It was very, very severe. And she literally could not stop screaming. Um, and there's obviously a lot of studies like child psychology behind that, um, but it is noted that a lot of children, whenever they scream and cry, regardless if it's excessive as a child, a lot of times, regardless of the issue, um, they'll become very violent Um, later on because of the fight
0: or flight stimulation. In addition, like it's important to note that this was a period of time where parents were encouraged to let their kids cry it out. Yes. And that can raise aggression. Yes. Yes. In children into adulthood. Yeah, and then you see the Vietnam War. Yeah, Yeah, it's no
1: good. I know, exactly. Um, But she constantly took her child to doctors. She was seeking, she was trying to seek help through you know, whatever medical profession she could. Yeah, you would. The second that child was alive until she ran off to London. You know what I mean? So, like, she did try. Now, she was really mean. Like, she wasn't, like, aggressive in any way. This woman sold, like, organic food. Like, if you... I listened to one of the interviews with her in, like, the 80s about Nancy, and she talks very calm. You know, she has a very, like, well-mannered speech. But you can tell she just kind of talks down about her daughter. Oh,
0: that sucks. Which,
1: again, Nancy was insane. As, I mean, I, I really should use that word she really did have a lot of, like...
0: Mental health mental issues. Mental health
1: issues. She really did. And um, so she ended up having, like, un- uncontrollable rage. Absolute uncontrollable. She was noted as being, like, very intelligent. Like, she was like had a relatively good IQ. Um... But her rage just overpowered her. Um, even by the age of three, like doc- she had gone through several doctors trying to figure this out, and each one, uh, just in those three years, was telling her, like, oh, she'll grow out of it. Just love her. Mm-mm. You know? Um, apparently, at one point, she tried to kill her babysitter with scissors and tried to beat up her psychiatrist. Um... Who also was saying that she just, like, was acting out. That the, the oh, psychiatrist okay. just said she was trying to act out and just trying I've to I've seen
0: attention. kids acting out. It ain't that.
1: Um, by the age of 11, she was undergoing intensive therapy and ended up being expelled from school. Um, it doesn't really exactly say why. It said that she missed two weeks. Um I'm assuming it's for therapy. I'm not really sure. But she was taken out of public schools, and she was put into um, a school that her mother called a school for disturbed children. (laughs) Um, I found the name later on, but it doesn't really matter. It's a long name. But um, at the age of 15, she was diagnosed with schizophrenia. Now, her diagnosis... Um, as well as like the paperwork saying that she may have had a brain tumor, all of this information was never given to her mother until way after her death. That's wild. So her mother had no idea what was going on with her child. Wow. They were speculating that she was that she had childhood schizophrenia like from a very early age. And by 15, That's she was diagnosed, but it was just because her mother kept taking her to psychiatrists and doctors and trying to get some, like, some sort of answer, they found the answer. They just
0: never told her. Yeah, it, it, it started to sound like some kind of schizoaffective disorder of to me. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. And she really did have some, like, really outrageous episodes
0: that she really couldn't handle and, you know, later ended up coping with drugs. Self medicating, I mean, we just we had a guest on Maris Monday last night, and uh, they're from Will's band. Mm -hmm. They're the front man of Will's band, Mm -hmm. uh, Happier Places, and they have schizophrenia and self medicated with heroin, as a matter of fact. And really proud of them; they've been clean a long time now. Mm -hmm. And but like the violent intrusive thoughts is pretty common. I had a friend with schizophrenia in high school. It was a punk, actually. And not treating that shit, yeah, rages, maladjustment, expulsion from school. Right, Can't believe they didn't tell her mother. That's so crazy to me.
1: I know. It really is, especially because she was a very, maybe it was because she was just a very, like, upstanding citizen, quote-unquote, you know, was upper echelon and, you know, a house nut. I don't know. Um, Maybe they just wanted to, like, save her, her from clutching? I don't know. I don't know. It's weird to me. Um, it is really weird. Um, at 17, she ended up running away to New York to become a groupie. Um, she ended up then getting addicted to heroin and becoming a sex worker. Her parents tried to send her to college, like tried to get her into a cleaner environment, quote unquote, um, and moved her to college in Colorado, like in Boulder, Colorado, like a very well-to-do college um she ended up getting kicked out of not just just college she ended up getting kicked out of the entire state of colorado the whole state the whole fucking state damn which i'm like props you know good job good job you did it um maris is banned from canada for life (laughs) good job again i say good job um but she ended up getting just like pot charges and like theft charges so I don't know exactly why, because of those two like petty crimes, she would be you know exiled from the state, but she was um, she and you'll you'll hear this more and more. She was reportedly to have like a very loud, very obnoxious voice, and everybody hated her, so I'm just assuming she just annoyed everywhere she went, everyone everywhere she went. I feel that um, so Colorado <laughs> was like, we're chill here um, and you, you gotta to go. go. <laughs> You are harshing everyone's mellow. Yes. So people described her not just as a groupie, but that there's several tiers of being a groupie. There's like a hierarchy of groupies, especially yeah. back then. And she was, quote unquote, a super groupie. So she ran around with bands like Aerosmith, Bad Company, the New York Dolls, the Ramones, the Heartbreakers, and then eventually, obviously, the Sex Pistols. Um, she had actually followed the Heartbreakers to London in December of 1976, just before um, Sid Vicious ended up in the the Sex Pistols just a couple months later. So she was actually went to London to hook up with Jerry Nolan from um, the Heartbreakers. Um, <laughs> I got this quote from somebody who was like in the room at this time because she was like. Running around with Jerry Nolan as as if she was, like, just trying to pawn for everything that he had. You know, she Mm -hmm. was just, like, drooling all over him. And he was so annoyed by her. And, again, like, this is England. Like, they're not used to women being loud. Being very... Like, she's pretty tall compared to everybody there. And she just had that New York accent. And, like, she was just so aggressive. And so they just didn't really... She she didn't really charm anybody that was there. No. Um, but one like person that was in the room uh, was quoted as saying, um, a woman with a loud voice staggering all over the place, asking everyone for a cigarette, and then she saw Sid and beelined for him. And then it was basically over, because Sid was very shy. He didn't really like to talk to girls. Um, he... Like, was probably a virgin at this point. Most people think he was a virgin. I wouldn't be surprised. Most people, like, most people said that he really didn't, didn't really get in it with the girls. You know, like, he had girls all over him, but it was mostly for their drugs. He never actually, like, fucked around much. Um... But yeah, apparently, whenever Sid met Nancy for the first time, he said that his that her voice was so low that she thought, or he thought that she may be trans, huh. and it was reported that he said, "So, well, am I gonna suck your cock or your cunt?" Wow! <laughs> and she, like in a deep voice, she grabbed cunt. <laughs> and he was like, "Okay." Wow. And apparently he like he did like fool around with other like trans people like like trans um sex workers on like when they were on tour and stuff like he didn't really care. He,
0: yeah, no, he wouldn't have. He scared. doesn't fucking care.
1: Um but I just thought that was cute that he was like, "So, what you got down there? I'm getting to it anyway." <laughs> <You know? laughs> but yeah, the press ended up dubbing her nauseating Nancy. Mm-hmm. And the whole band kind of pretty much thought that it, she was kind of like their Yoko. Um, Which is
0: so unfair because Yoko wasn't annoying.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't really know, but. I know a little. <laughs> but yeah, um, I, I can actually see how I've heard Yoko's voice, but. Um, That's fine. I did hear Nancy's voice in a and lot it of interviews. And it is annoying. And it really is. She's so aggressive. Yeah. She's so, and she really does like steer the conversation. Um, she really doesn't let you get it worded edgewise. Uh-uh. Like. And she really did have the upper hand on Sid. She really, yeah. really did, a thousand percent. He loved her. He puppy dog eye, goo goo gaga all over her. She was just everything to him. Mm -hmm. She really, really was. And, I mean, she continued being a sex worker. She didn't just, like... She wasn't, like, monogamous in any way. Um, And I think that he kind of thought that was fucking cool, you know? Um, But... So, at this point, Sid is starting to, you know, get more and more involved in drug use, especially with his mother. His mother, toward, the late, like, the later years, especially, I think, as... He's, you know, more involved with the band. He's getting more money, I guess. Um, His mother starts kind of being there all the time. And at first it was um, uppers and pills and things like that. But she was kind of into heroin. He was kind of, but not really. But when Nancy came on the scene, that's when heroin kind of just took over their life. Yeah. And um, it wasn't very long. That he was with the Sex Pistols, that they ended up, you know, getting annoyed by Nancy and kicking him out of the band. And they ended up moving to New York from London, where they ended up getting room 100 um, at the Chelsea Hotel. And um, they actually signed in as Mr. and Mrs. John Simon Ritchie, which I, I think is very reminiscent to the last episode that I did on the, lo- the Lonely Hotel. I agree. Killers. I agree. That makes um, a really good parallel. Yeah. So the Chelsea Hotel is actually a like, um, very historical landmark that um, I guess I've seen a lot of pictures of. I've actually known more about this hotel than I really realized um, because they have just so many famous people that... Um, had experiences here, lived here, did all kinds of things here, um, but this is very similar to our Crescent Hotel here in Eureka Springs where it's it's actually built right around the same time. Um, this hotel was built uh, at around 1884, ours is 1886, um, but they have 12 floors up to 250 rooms and it's described as a Queen Anne revival slash Victorian Gothic um, type architecture, which I think is just like good to note just because it kind of sets the feel because this was once a very ornate and very artistic and very rich building. And then by the time you get to, you know, the 70s and 80s, Um, the time period that we're in it's like it's decrepit it's disgusting um the first floor of rooms which was the 100s where they were on was considered the heroin floor um and and basically you know it was slum palace but kind of emphasis on palace as well because a lot of very famous people went here a lot of very famous people lived here um uh author Arthur C. Clarke wrote Yeah,
0: yeah. two thousand one uh-huh. a space odyssey. I know, I you liked the that move. One. No, no. Oh, I thought you liked that one. Oh
1: no. But you've talked about it. Because I hate
0: Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, it was... Okay, so a lot... I'm just going to take this aside. I'm not going to rant very much, but I will rant minorly to say the 2001 A Space Odyssey can suck my entire butthole. What a boring... There is a period of this film where it is 15 minutes of a bad classical song I don't like and they're just kind of lazily floating around and nothing is happening. Fuck that movie. Fuck Stanley Kubrick and go ahead and fuck Arthur C. Clarke, too. Go on. I remember watching it as a kid. I just don't I don't remember any Because bit. there's nothing to remember. <laughs> that why. They could have condensed that movie into 30 minutes with that sassy gay computer, Hal, going like, can't you let like, you do that, Dave? Go fuck yourself, Dave. And then the movie's over, and it's fine. Why is there a giant space fetus? Fuck this movie. God damn it. Well, it was written at the Chelsea Hotel for some reason. Uh, well, maybe Arthur C. Clarke was... <laughs> You know, on the heroine. <laughs> Maybe. I doubt it, but... Um, so I'm going to go through
1: a quick list of okay. all the famous people that I noted. The list is longer, um, but these are just the people that I actually know of. Um, so Jack Kerouac, Allen Ginsberg, Janis Joplin stayed in room 411, um, Alice Cooper, Patti Smith, Jimi Hendrix, Mark Twain, Tennessee Williams, Madonna. Madonna. <laughs> Andy Warhol actually shot a film there... Um, called The Chelsea's Girls in 1966. Um, this is with, originally, Eddie um, Edie Sedgwick, which, oh, I love Edie Sedgwick. Edie Sedgwick lived here, and I didn't realize that this is the hotel that she lived in. Oh. So this is the hotel <laughs> that me. she lived in, and Bob Dylan lived right up the hallway from her, and she actually had a love affair with Bob Dylan, which I hate his music, but I think he's an iconic, whatever, look.
0: I um, like his writing, but please don't sing ever again, oh Bob, Dylan. <laughs> yes. hey Bob Dylan. Hey, Bob Dylan, I hate the government. Hey, 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 <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. So sorry, listeners, but
1: that was terrible. <laughs> fucking spot on, though. Um, but One no, adjust. she ended up getting into, like, like a scooter accent or, like, a tiny, like, motorcycle. It was, like, a beep-beep little tiny thing. Um A moped. A moped. <laughs> Something like that. She ended up getting in a little accident on one. And when she did, she ended up, like, losing. They ended up finding out she was pregnant with Bob Dylan's baby. And she ended up losing the baby with because of a combination of the, the accident, her drug use, and then her weight. She was very small. Um, but... She actually had to go to the doctors because of that accident. And that's when they found out that she was pregnant. And this had to, like, be super, super hush-hush. Like, nobody could know about it at that time. Um, Because right after that happened, Bob Dylan married his wife. So. Gross. Gross yeah um but I love Edie Sedgwick this um I thought it was really funny to note that um she had a problem with setting her room on fire um she did this quite a bit um and like one one time because it was mostly because she'd like pass out with a cigarette yeah chain smoking all the time um but like one designer got like super pissed off because she was wearing this designer dress on loan (laughs) she burned and then it, lit it yeah. on fire but she, i mean i don't know how many times she lit her room on fire my
0: mom was, did that a lot because she was just thing. drunk all the time yeah. and smoking yeah. i
1: dated a guy with with like burn marks all over his chest from, from passing it. Like, out with a cigarette wake yeah. up in the middle of the night smoke a cigarette fall back asleep yep yeah. um so yeah bob dylan edie sedgwick um, mitch Hedberg. Oh, I love the cover. Uma thurman, Russell Brand, Jane Fonda, Dennis Hopper, The Grateful Dead, Nico, Tom Waits, Um, <clears throat> Jim Morrison, Iggy Pop, Virgil Thompson, Dee Dee Ramone, Um, Cher, Jody Mitchell, um, Pink Floyd, The Canned Heat, Leonard Cohen, um, actually wrote a song about them, yes. Jefferson Airplane, and um Oh, there was one that I meant to write down, but I forgot. Um, who was that beautiful? Oh, the the drag queen that was like a comedian. I think they ended up being translator. Eddie Izzard? Eddie Izzard. Yeah, I wanna say Eddie Izzard uh, made his stop there too, but I forgot to write it down. Anyways, so Nancy was found dead in room t- in room one hundred. Um on, sorry, I scrolled too far, on October 12th, 1978. Now, I looked at the crime scene photos. And, okay, so here's what happened. She was found dead in the bathroom. And there was a trail of blood from one of the beds in the room to the bathroom. And that's where she ended up evidently bleeding out. Um, I think it, the autopsy report said that it took like anywhere from two to three hours for her to bleed out. Um, She was in her underwear and the stab wound is, like, right around her navel area off to the right side. And I say that because there is a chance it could be self-inflicted, especially due to her mental state. Um, There was several beds in this room. There was kind of, like, mattresses all over the floor kind of thing because they had just had a big party. There was a lot of people there that night. Um, And so there was blood on one of the beds with a trail of blood going to the bathroom, but that wasn't the bed that Sid was in. Sid was in a different bed. And so, I just really don't think, I'll get into more of it later, I just really don't think he had anything to do with it. Um, Especially because he had done such a huge dose. Like, he wasn't just doing heroin, he was also doing um, some, some other pills and some other drugs names that I couldn't really pronounce anyways but um he was reportedly passed out by like midnight and he woke up to this scene now she had a stab wound um and the knife that was reportedly used on her was wiped clean and like on a dresser It's weird next to the bed yes now why didn't she call for help um People that lived up and down that hallway. I mean, this hotel was a party 24-7. The walls She were could thin. have been hollering and nobody she, would they, have thought
0: anything. They had
1: fights all the time.
0: Yeah. You
1: know, they were a rambunctious couple. Um, they had fights all the time. People heard them fighting all the time. They knew when Sid and Nancy were having one of their, you know,
0: And with outbursts. her, and I hate to say this, but with her mental state plus drug use, I don't rule out self-inflicted.
1: Right. Absolutely. I really don't. I don't either. I don't either. So yeah, we'll get into this conspiracies later, but I just kind of wanted to paint that scene that like like Sid woke up to Nancy in the bathroom. Um he was later than arrested on scene because I mean it's New York PD, right? Yeah. You know, like you don't you have a very cut and dry case at this time because they were even saying that, like, by eight o'clock that next morning, they had already had like fifty homicide cases from the night before to get to. And the, and what people know?
0: don't realize is New York back in the seventies was uh fucking coke, cuckoo bananas it, with the yes, murder and the crime. Yes,
1: yes, yes. They had
0: like several serial killers. Son in of the Sam area. was right around yes,
1: there, um, right around that time. Tons of people.
0: And there's the peep shows. Yes, there's, you know they the had like Antrax. Sex trafficking. Yeah, really, crime was really, 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 really bad. They did a crackdown on it in the 80s. Yes. And early yes. 90s, yes. and then kind of cleaned it up, but it, New York was scary back mm-hmm. then.
1: Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I just saw some videos of just them walking down the street, and I was like, holy fuck. Like, it's a completely different world. It was like a
0: third world country over there during that time. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: Um, But yeah, they, you know, of course arrested him. Um, and he actually got out like he got bailed out pretty soon after um i did want to just like note about um there was this note that he wrote to Nancy before i get into all of the next things that happened cuz he, he you know he didn't he didn't last too long after her death um but just this like little note that he wrote he says her pain was just too much to bear because, you see, I felt Nancy's pain as though it were my own, even worse. I love her with such passion. Every day is agony without her. I know now it is possible to die from a broken heart. Because whenever you love someone as much as we love each other, they become fundamental, fundamental to your existence. And he even goes on to talk about, like, how she always said that she was going to die before she turned 21. Like, she just kind of knew it. And it was something that she said quite a bit. Like, Mm -hmm. a lot. It's on record. Um, She's written it down. Like, it was just... It was like Nancy's slogan, basically. She's like, hi, I'm Nancy. I'm going to die before I'm 21. You know, like, that was just kind of her thing. Yeah. And another thing that was noted a lot in their relationship is that they told everyone that they had a murder-suicide pact. Yep. Everyone knew it. it. They had written it down several times. And so... Um, that's another one of the conspiracies is that maybe it was kind of like Romeo and Juliet, you know, murder-suicide pact gone wrong kind of thing. Um, but on October 22nd, 10 days after um, Nancy's death, Sid Vicious tried to kill himself. He ended up slitting his wrist and uh, with a broken light bulb. Um, he was, like, quickly taken to the hospital and revived and all of that stuff. But um, then... Like, while at the hospital, he tried to jump out of a window. Yep. And, and you know, he just kept, like, screaming and shouting. He was having, like, a complete breakdown. And he was like, I just want to be with Nancy. I just want to be with Nancy. And, like, the, there's, um, there's very famous video footage of an interview of him right around this time where you know, he's he's very obviously, like, just trying to put on a good face, mm-hmm. and they're like, what do you, what do you want to do now? And he's like, I just want to be happy, like, I just want to have fun, and they're like, are you having fun now? And he's like, fuck no, I'm not having any fun, and they're like, what do you want to do? And he's like, I want to be under the ground, like, I want to be with my girl, like, that's my girl, like, I can't leave her, you know, and, yeah. um... Everybody believed in like Everybody that knew him believed in him so hard that it didn't, like, nobody knew about this until, like, decades and decades later. Um, but Mick Jagger actually paid for his attorney. Like, they used Mick Jagger's attorney. Wow. Mick Jagger paid for everything to get him off and bailed out. Yeah. Um, but, of course, it was whenever he got bailed out that, you know, he got released. He ended up getting released, actually, to his manager, but it was his mother that was there whenever he Mm -hmm. got out. Um, And immediately they were to have, you know, getting out of jail uh, party for Sid. Yeah. And it was that night that Sid Vicious died of a heroin overdose. Now, there are um, a lot of conspiracies with that. I'll get back to that in a second. Um... But, man, okay, yeah, so he died on February 2nd. So that's, that's not very long after It's
0: just death. a few months.
1: It really is. Because, um, like, in between him going to jail, um, sorry, I'm backtracking, I just forgot to say this, but at, at one point he actually got checked into a drug rehab facility. So he went through detox in a facility and then went to jail. And so whenever he got out, um, he was clean. He was more than clean,
0: yeah. He was, like, squeaky, squeaky clean, you know? <laughs> like, yeah. So... It seems deliberate that the heroin overdose was to kill himself. So... To me, anyway. Right. I always thought
1: so, that. Yeah. So I'm going to go over the conspiracies. The first conspiracy is that he did it to her. Like, as far as, like, who killed He killed her, Nancy. Yeah. First conspiracy is that he killed Nancy. Um, Which is obviously how the police ruled it off. But... Everyone was saying that the knife that killed Nancy was Sid Vicious's knife. The knife that they're talking about is a knife that he got, like, days prior. Um, I'll I'll post a photo, because um, there's actually a photo of him, like, hanging out with Nancy, like, two days before her death with the knife. Yeah. And he's, like, just pointing it around, like, waving it around and shit, like... One of the dudes was even like, dude, you know, calm down. You're going to cut somebody with that. Like, he was, like, holding it up to her throat, just joking around. Yeah. And, you know, everybody was like, dude, chill. Mm-hmm. Fucking stop. Um, but he did it apparently because he had, like, saw Dee Ramon give a knife to somebody. And he was like, well, that's a cool knife. I want one. And so he got one. And it was a, quote, unquote, 007 knife, like a hunting knife. But I don't know why it was a 007. But... <laughs> Um, he, you know, he's a teenage boy, pretty much. I mean, he's 21, but he's a boy. He's like, oh, cool knife. Wanted. Yeah. But that's not the knife that killed her. No. The knife that killed her was a, like, five-inch, it was called a Jaguar Wilderness knife. Um, it was a five-inch knife. So, I mean, that's, like, pretty long compared to, like, the little, like, hunting knife that he had. Yeah. yeah, it was stupid. Like that that Absolutely. was even a
0: suggestion. Absolutely.
1: Now, there is the conspiracy that Nancy did it. Oh, and I also wanted to go back and just say that like there isn't a complete timeline of people that had eyes on Sid and knew exactly when he passed out and exactly when he woke up. Yeah. Like
0: I always thought that if he did do it, it was an accident. Yeah, and if she did, and but it was more likely that she did it to herself.
1: Well, and something that I didn't, I didn't even put in the notes because it was just something I heard really fleeting. But I feel like now it's relevant. Um, They said that whenever he woke up, he like thought that she was still breathing, and he saw her on the bathroom floor, and was just like, "All right, I'm gonna go down to the methadone clinic," and like went down to the methadone clinic like up the road at like six o'clock in the morning. And came back and checked on her again. So that's a little fishy to
0: me. It is fishy to me. It's
1: pretty fucking fishy. But then I go back and think, like, there were so many people that talked about how crazy Nancy was at all these parties. Like, one dude said that he, like, the first time he met Nancy, she was, like, sitting on the kitchen counter and had freshly cut her wrist and was just dripping it into a bowl.
0: Oh, well... You know, like,
1: these things are so normal that, like, to them I could understand that, oh, she just cut herself. Because it does. It looks like she just cut herself. It looks like a slit. It doesn't look like a full-on gash. And so maybe he just thought that, like, oh, she just got into a little roughhousing last night and she's just passed out from the drugs. Or
0: he's just, like, out of his mind on heroin.
1: Or that, yeah. You
0: know. Absolutely. People aren't rational Absolutely. when they're struggling with addiction like right. that. And y'all, this is, I promise you, nobody listening to this has done as much drugs as Sid Vicious.
1: Absolutely not.
0: Including no. myself, and I've done yeah. a lot of fucking drugs. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, and then the conspiracy that she did it, um, there was a lot of talk about, um, you know, the whole murder-suicide pact that maybe she thought that he had OD'd. Because I know that he at least came close to it that night. She may have thought he was already dead. Yeah,
0: that's what I always thought.
1: And that she just killed herself. That's what I always lean to as well. But there's all these other conspiracies that are, like, really tasty as well. But that's usually the one that I gravitate to. Now, there was talk about, um, you know, a drug deal gone wrong because there was money stolen. She had been waving around money all night long. Like, there was a huge party that night. And there was a lot of people in and out of that apartment. Like I said, there was several beds on the floor because there was, like, tons of people there that night. Um, So they had, like, several thousand dollars, which obviously back then was a lot more money. Mm -hmm. Um, But they had several thousand dollars in cash because they strictly only took cash and would not keep stuff in a bank. And so it was all gone, like all of it. Yeah, someone stole it. Yes. Now, and that'll come back into play here in a second. But, um, so, there's also speculation, conspiracy, that his mother did it. Now, his mother was the one that bought him, at least, we know for sure his mother bought him heroin that he took whenever he first got out of jail. That heroin ended up being, like, bunk to him. Um, He didn't like it. He got like super pissed. He was like, what the fuck is this shit? Like, I'm not getting off on this. And so they had someone else go get something from a different source. Now, this other source, nobody knows their name. Some people say it's a woman. But this heroin that they got from her was tested at 99% pure. That's crazy. Street heroin is about 20 to 30% pure. So no matter what, like another dude that was at that party that night that took the exact same heroin that Sid Vicious had taken that killed him, um, he, he said that he OD'd that night.
0: Yeah, he would. But he
1: lived because he, he, he had, you know, he'd been using. He was an active user. Um, because he was
0: clean, that's because, why it OD'd him. Exactly,
1: exactly. Um and yeah, I mean like one of my a really old very wonderful friend of mine, um they actually had to pull the plug on him today because he didn't have Narcan at the time of his overdose because he had gotten clean and sober. And then he um, used for again for like several months. Yeah, and then he used again and um and he's gone. That's sucks. So, and that and that's just that's what fucking happens. Yeah, you know, it does every time what that happens that happened Your to one of body my friends goes into fucking shock. Yeah. You know, and, like, it's textbook. It's textbook, and Sid lived it. But the thing is that there's a lot of suspicion behind the 99% pure. Because there's also, if you look into Janis Joplin's death, which I used to be really obsessed with that case as well. Didn't she get a hold of some really pure heroin as well? 99% pure from a different source that she had never gotten it from, and she had just tried to get clean. Yeah. And she was just about to make a new album, so so was Sid. Like, it's just fucking, it's really do-do-do-do, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's weird. Yeah, it's really fucking interesting. So, one of the theories is that the CIA did it. I don't buy that. I know, and I, <laughs> I only included it because somebody was like, so along with all of these, like, QAnon conspiracies, here's this conspiracy, um, which obviously I don't believe in. But, no, that's silly. Um, they they say, the theory says, is that the CIA was concerned that the anarchist nature of punk, um, like, just needed, like, they, they wanted to attack the entire movement, and they kind of wanted to, like, discredit the movement, and... Because they were trying to... I mean, they were trying I mean, to, you know, it could be pa-
0: plausible. It. They've done crazier things. Right. I'll, leave, I'll right. leave it as maybe. Right. Maybe they killed him, but I don't think they killed Nancy. What they think
1: is that the CIA planted this woman to sell
0: Sid's mom the heroin. That may be possible. I don't believe that they killed Nancy, though. No. No, not at all. No, I think not Nancy all. killed herself on accident.
1: Um, there is also a suspicion that a random... A random person an intruder or like it was a drug deal gone bad now I a lot of people lean on this one because like I said it was a heavy traffic area there was a lot of hustle and bustle a lot of people talked about a man named Michael or Mike um, that was seen leaving the hotel room with her purple scrunchie It was very, like, a very particular purple scrunchie. Now, this man was later identified as one of their best friends, somebody that hung around them quite often, a man by the name of Rockets Red Glare, a.k.a. Michael Mora. Now, Rockets Red Glare, Red Glare is, like, one word, his Mm -hmm. last name. Um, Rockets Red Glare is, I guess, a comedian now, um, but he was actually really, really heavy in the scene and, um, you know, helped them get drugs in and out as well. Yeah. Um, and he was there that night. He he was there and he was there at a lot of parties. But like years later, um, he ended up dying, I think, in 2001. Um, but even years later, he would boast to people saying that he had the stolen cash from that night with Nancy's blood on it. Um, and he would take out the scrunchie and show people that he had Nancy's bungee scrunchie. Yeah,
0: that's pretty suspicious.
1: It is, but there are a lot of cases like this. And a lot of his close friends actually say that he is like just a ridiculous liar and a ridiculous. I was fixing to say, it
0: also sounds like it might be that he's full of shit. Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. So yeah, there's, I mean, there is so much speculation here, you know, Um, I a thousand percent do not think that Sid did it, um, in his pocket. He had a suicide note whenever he died and I'll link that too. um, but it was basically saying that, you know, he wanted to go be with his love and the saddest part of this entire story is that, you know, in the suicide note, he says like how he wants to be dressed when he's buried and that he wants to be buried next to Nancy. To the love is of his life. And yeah, I never they really... Never, they never buried him next to Nancy. No. And I find that really heartbreaking. Same. Because regardless of how, like, tumultuous and, like, how... They both
0: fucked each other up. They I... loved each other so much. They, they, they really did, but, did. I mean, they were both really toxic for each other at Absolutely. the same time. Absolutely. And I just think that they were two really drug-addicted people, and ultimately they killed themselves. And I know that seems really... I mean, Nancy was clearly a victim, either yeah. of herself or someone else, but yeah. had she not been into drugs that hard, had she not had psychiatric problems, again, we go back to what resources are there for people with mental health, sh- health and addiction issues? There are none. And that is why I am so angry today. I feel you. That is why. Because I have so many
1: friends that could have had
0: a life. Me that too. That could have lived. I've lost friends to suicide and mm-hmm. drug addiction. Absolutely. And more than I... I don't want to talk about it, because right. I'll get upset and... I mean, I could be easily right in that boat with suicide for Absolutely. sure. I didn't Same. struggle with addiction. I'm lucky.
1: I did. I definitely struggled with addiction. I struggled with suicide. I struggled with, you know, all kinds of things. I'm so still struggling. I'm I was still such struggling. a self-destructive yeah. person. Um, I would sleep, you know, in the back of like pickup trucks and abandoned parking lots. You know, I would sleep underneath bridges. I slept behind a fucking trash like a like a dumpster. Um, oh, I've done in it. like frigid, freezing, cold weather slept um, in my
0: car. I slept in people I didn't know's house. Yeah. I slept in strangers' backyards. Yeah. I mean, I was not I on never, a good path. I
1: never did heroin, but
0: I did do fentanyl. I did. I did do heroin. Um, uh, I snorted okay. it, and I didn't like it. Oh. But I just don't have a particularly addictive personality, which is good, or I'd be dead. Let's just be honest. Like, I was... I somehow beat my addictive
1: personality, because, I mean, I was... I was an alcoholic for, like, 10 years, and a heavy drug user, just not, um, like, downers, not uppers either, just, like, heavy psychedelic use. Like, stupid, I stupid, the, wasteful I'm going to just use.
0: be honest, and this is going to sound shitty, I think you, you had an addiction to some kind of high, but I don't think you can get addicted to, chemically, psychedelics, and I think had you gotten on something else, we'd be we wouldn't be talking today. Yeah. We yeah. just wouldn't. Molly...
1: I had a really bad addiction. Molly, Molly which, is addictive, though, which is is uh, very, very close to amphetamines. It really is very close yeah. to amphetamines. They hold hands. They're like a, a fraction which sucks of a because it's such away. a
0: good treatment for uh, depression and yeah. trauma, yeah, and PTSD. That's why
1: I smoke weed and drink
0: coffee and lots of water. Mm-hmm. Lots of water. I me, mean, it's just diet. <laughs> it's just diet coke, and I smoke weed once a day for me seizures. Yeah. Because I have no tolerance. Like, if I had could build up any tolerance to weed, I'd probably smoke it a lot more. But one hit, and I'm just time traveling, I'm seeing things, and I have to lay down. Yeah. I have no fun at a party now. I, I, I just chain smoke weed. But it's because I'm
1: chronically nauseous all the time. Terrible. Yeah, you are. And I'm, like, I can't even, like, get super stoned anymore. It's just I, I medicate. That's it. I feel normal. Um, yeah. It's just me. Well, I mean. that was very interesting. Girl, I needed to do this story. I needed to talk about somebody who had overdosed because my one of my very best friends, who I hadn't talked to because of his drug use. Like, I haven't talked to him in You years. can't. If
0: you're not... If you're not doing the same things With, they're doing, they pull away from their. No, like, no, sober it's, it's me.
1: Um, I get triggered. I get really, really triggered. Oh yeah. By well, I mean, it goes um, both
0: ways. Either you have to pull away, or they pull away, yeah. and you're not running in the same crowd or circle it's just anymore. When, when you
1: see somebody that you love so much, like nodding off and falling asleep, standing up and not able to talk, and and just like for like for a long time and mm-hmm. not getting it, and then having kids and still not getting out of it, you know, it just. Yeah, it's heartbreaking.
0: I'm really, I'm really triggered by that stuff too. You know, that's what killed my mom was yeah. alcohol. Yeah, and so I just can't have addicts in my life. It doesn't mm. mean I have no sympathy because right. I absolutely do. I am friends with recovered alcoholics. I'm friends with recovered drug users, and I don't judge. But I right. just, I gotta be discerning, and I can't have it around me because it upsets me so fucking right. much. Because right. that, that's, that's a dead person if they don't right. get help.
1: Because literally, like, there is so much of my, like, heart and soul that wants to throw everything away and just be completely fucked up all the time. Like, there is there's that part of me that wants to just go on the road and, like, completely numb out. But I'm never going to do that because no. I've done it before. You know what I mean? Yes. But um, I have empathy, sympathy, and all of the love and support, and I just... yeah. yeah. My heart goes out to no judgment people here. struggling with that. Yeah, no judgment here. Because it's one of those things that's like depression. You don't leave it. Like, it doesn't... You don't get over it. No, I do not go You're away. going to be a drug addict for the rest of your fucking life. Absolutely. You're going to have depression for the rest of your life. And that's just how it is. And me as a former addict, like, it helps um, knowing what, like, putting myself in the shoes of the, like, the play, the path that I would have gone down. Yeah. Um... To kind of, like, readjust and realize where I am now. Well, I'm glad you're still here. Yeah. And I'm glad I looked into Sid and Nancy, because I just was like, who's an iconic couple? And I just thought of them, and I was like, boom. I'm gonna do it. Oh, and I'm gonna include the little, cute little face swap thing, me and Travis... With our face swap ridiculous. thing. Travis was always told that he looked like Sid Vicious growing up. God, I gonna post a photo when he was a teenager. Maybe. He looked exactly like Sid Vicious, but Native American. But it's the hair. And it's he had no Native idea hair. who it was. No. He had no idea who people were talking about. He was just like, okay, whatever, fuck off. Um, but yeah. Um, I'm going to include some of those other pictures in that stupid little well, video. Well, happy
0: Valentine's Day, patrons. Happy Valentine's Day. You know, um... I'm just going to say this. You can, if you're single and sad, I totally empathize. For 34 years of my life, I had no valentine. Mm. And it would make me a little sad because I really love the holidays. Sincerely, I think it's cute. No, I don't. Listen, I'm just saying it right now. I don't care about the fucking origins. I don't care. I give no fucks. I know it came from Lupercalia. I'm not going to dress like a werewolf and hump in my house in front of everybody and get really drunk. That doesn't sound like fun to me. But whatever you celebrate or don't celebrate, don't pee on somebody's parade. Just don't do it. Let me enjoy my heart-shaped things. And the pink and the frilly and the love and the smooch. And the smooch. And the smooch. Smooch. Just let me have it. Have a smooch. I'm going to have it because I've earned it. You earned a smooch. Y'all don't know me, Uh, but man my life before meeting Maris was a shit show and everyone I dated was a garbage person so I, I earned to have a valentine damn it and I'm gonna enjoy it cause people who hate valentines are just like over enthusiastic atheists and new vegans They <laughs> I just can't wait to tell you, I hate God's not real and I won't eat aminals and I'm like okay cool I don't care I just, uh, I don't ever want to yuck somebody's yum unless what they're doing is harmful, racist, or misogynist.
1: Don't yuck my yum. Don't
0: do it. Well, that should be a shirt. It probably is. I took it from some, like, old lady that said it a long time ago. Don't yuck my yum. That's cute. It is cute. I like it. It's cute. It's cute. It's cuter than dying in your underpants by a toilet in a dirty bathroom floor.
1: Girl, I just don't understand why she sat there, though. That's that's why I think she killed herself. Yeah. Or she was so fucked up
0: she didn't notice.
1: Or because it was very common whenever you're trying to kill yourself that you run water to like bleed out faster. Yeah. Um, Maybe she was trying to get to the water and just passed out.
0: Or maybe she just wanted to be in a spot that was easier to mop up. Because see, if Sid did it, he would he would have
1: been by her. You know what I mean? Like,
0: yeah. And like, I know he had his blood on her, but that's because he picked her he, up. He
1: there was four places that his fingerprints were in that hotel, and ain't none of them near her. No. And they picked up like sixty finger, like in individual
0: fingerprints. Yeah. No, I, I, I always thought it was either an accident, like he was fooling around with a stupid knife and she like fell on it, staggered off into the bathroom and died. It looks self inflicted as fuck. It looks self inflicted as also, fuck.
1: Also, like where is the knife if it was self inflicted? They never found it, did they? No, it was wiped off, wiped clean. Oh, that's
0: right, and set up on a, on set up dress on a
1: thing. So did she did she do it and then some scavengers came in afterwards? No, I think
0: it. I think where maybe did the she, money go? I think, okay, so here's my theory before we go. I think the money got stolen first. Right. I think she thought Sid OD'd. Mm -hmm. She was depressed because there's not any money. She can't kill herself with drugs because the money's gone.
1: Well, the money had to have been gone within a certain time period because it was seen around midnight. Yeah. So there's also a lot of ideas that, like, maybe that Michael guy, um, Rocket's Red Glare, came in... To steal and like got mad about some drugs or something. I just don't took think her money. And then she was like,
0: oh, I'm "Here's fucking why." Get you. Is I, I know a little about this case because right. it was of some interest to me in my youth. But she didn't really have any defensive wounds at all, right? At all. So either so, nah, I don't buy murder on her. I buy. I believe it was suicide. And it was off to the side. It was right where you would go, like so to stab you yourself. Just, yeah, yeah. It's exactly. I think she. Plunged it in, pulled it out, wiped it off, set it up. Because who knows what she was thinking? Right. She was crazy. No offense right. to her or anything, but she wasn't well. Yeah. So that's my theory, and I'm gonna go now and enjoy the a non-murdery, stabby Valentine's Day. That's well, some kind of stabby, but not with not that kind. The fun Ew. kind. Gross. Bye. you Bye. Ew. Bye. Find us on your social media platform of choice. Linktree slash cruelty has all of the links. Check out our Patreon for exclusive episodes, merch, ad free episodes, live ghost hunts, and much more. Please be sure to subscribe. New episodes are uploaded weekly. Thank you so much. See you next time. Music and production by Willie B.